afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Filling the Pulse with VB Rescue. Thank you to all the folks that have supported this podcast and this project so far. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm really happy to be back with another episode. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Ricky the Blue, and I'm the Public Affairs Officer for Virginia Beach EMS. Uh, My co-host, as usual, per rule, is Deputy Chief Joey Hunley. Uh, Chief, I'm curious, we've been doing this podcast for a while now. What's been your favorite part about this podcast and this project so far? It's by far got to be hanging out with you, man. In, in, uh, <laughs> I don't believe you in, for a minute. <laughs> uh, in, yeah, I, I, like I'm struggling to keep a straight face as I even say that. Uh, you know, honestly, I think the best part for me has, has been, um, you know, having folks in here to talk to and just getting getting some real stories from real people and, and uh, you know, getting to meet some folks maybe in a different way um, than I thought I knew them. And, uh, and and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And this week's guest uh, on Filling the Pulse is Mike Ream, who's a volunteer EMT with the Princess Anne Courthouse Volunteer Rescue Squad. Mike has served with BB Rescue for nearly five years, and he's one of the more uh, active members in the system currently. He's got a great story, and Chief, I think you're going to really enjoy it here on this episode. Yeah, I look forward. And I mean, I don't, I've never met Mike before our podcast today, so um, at least if I have, I'm, I, I don't remember it. Um, and, uh, and, and I know that's probably kind of sucky to say, but I, you know, I, I genuinely look forward to talking to Mike today and, and, uh, and learning his story and, and, and why he's here. And I mean, it just alludes to, you know, what the favorite part of this for me is it's, it's, it's meeting, uh, you know, I can't be out on the ambulance every day and, and meeting people. And so this is a, a great way for me to meet folks and, uh, and hear their stories. Yeah. I mean, getting people together in our, our little padded room here it, it yeah. is, it's a really cool experience because you do get to learn so much about the person that's so much bigger than just a handshake. Yep. And uh, I think those are really important. Um, Mike also serves as a social media coordinator for Rescue 5, and given how much of my job relates to social media, I think there's going to be a lot for us to talk about today. I'm not actually sure I'll get a word in. <laughs> if you're a member of VB Rescue while you're listening to this episode, you need to go to VB ems.com slash join copy the link send it to five or six of your closest friends share it on social media spread the message uh, vb rescue is always looking for volunteers to answer the call and serve the virginia beach community if you're not already a vb rescue member you need to go to that same address vbems.com slash join to learn more about joining vb rescue and how you can receive free training to become an emt when you're done listening to this episode, you need to follow or subscribe to the Feeling the Pulse podcast. Get your friends and family to listen as well. Uh, Feeling the Pulse can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Without further delay, let's go ahead and get it started with Mr. Mike Green. Chief, it's not very often on Feeling the Pulse that I get to bring on someone who understands what gets me, right? because so many times we talk about the importance of social media stuff and some folks really, really get what I'm thinking and some folks don't quite get it as much, although, Chief, you understand it perfectly, of course. Uh, But today we have Mike Ream from the Princess Anne Volunteer Rescue Squad. Um, Mike, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Um, And we're going to get into social media stuff and and we'll talk about all sorts of things today, but um, you've been here for just about five years now. Correct. And first of all, that's awesome. Thank you. And second of all, 
I want to know how you got started with VB Rescue because the system has changed a lot over the last five it years. It has. So when I was just out of high school, uh, back in 2014, uh, I was didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I was driving home from work and I heard the uh, radio ad for VBEMS. And my dad also heard that same commercial and was just like, hey, why don't you just look into that? Uh, none of my family is medical, so it was a real shock for me to even think about going to EMS. So I went into the EMS admin over off of Linhaven, if you remember that, mm -hmm. Chief. Yep. Um, I do not remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit too new for that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I signed up, and uh, I did my first academy when it was off of Birdneck. Um, back in 2014, and me being uh, 18-year-old, didn't know my life's priorities. I focused more on the uh, hands-on portion of the academy and not the book portion of the academy. So uh, my instructor at the time was Lonnie, mm -hmm. and I went to her and I was like, hey, don't think that this is like the right time for me. I'm just out of high school. So she's like, okay, well, here's the book. Take it study it, and then come back when you're ready. So my life went on. I put it off to the side, um, started having some other jobs, and then I came back to it and started reading into it. And then I signed up for the, for the Nets Academy back in 2017 um, and went through the entire process, passed, uh, and then I signed up with Plaza back in 2017. Um, and then really, really got into how I like running. It was like the adrenaline rush and just helping somebody even smile. It, it made my day. And, and I think, Chief, we see that a lot where, you know, life happens, right? And um, a lot of folks come and go, you know, and they'll have um, times where they, they serve and then where they have to step away and they come back and serve. And Mike's an example of, you know, you can start and come back and pick right up where you left off. And um, VB Rescue is always going to be welcoming and have you back regardless. Yeah, it's definitely an important attribute to, uh, you know, to understand that, especially as an 18-year-old that, okay, I'm, I'm here, I'm trying this thing, and to recognize that, Okay, maybe this is not for me right now, and I and I need, um, I need to to figure out things right before. Because it's I, a college level course. It is a college level course, right? Um, in fact, I'm, I'm having a, a conversation right now um, um, about um, high school students and and um, trying to figure out the level of engagement that may or may not happen there from a high school student perspective. Right? I mean, I was in high school and I was in the rescue squad when I was in high school. Um, back in the 1900s, um, before you guys, um, especially Mike. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's important to, to know yourself well enough to know that, okay, I, this is not for me. It says a lot more about you to know that, okay, you said it wasn't for me. You took a break. Maybe you did some studying and looking and you came back and you said, hey, I'm ready, Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Ricky, you're spot on that we've got a program in place 
um, through our training center and, and just kind of the, the you know the the mindset of how we are um, in in the system that we're we're going to take you back and if and if and if you're willing to give we're going to give yeah. right we're going to give back to you to make sure that you can that we can uh, that we can get you where you want to be um, and uh, I mean you know as we as we continue to talk to Mike here I think we'll find out that that um, the, the the rescue squad system at that point was probably key for you mm-hmm. moving into the rest of your you know the direction that you ultimately chose to go so. oh yes sir so when you were when you listen to that radio ad which oddly enough is already dated at this point right we talked about <laughs> how the system has changed so much in the last mm. five or so years um, I haven't listened to the radio like uh, by choice in at least a couple of years for for and for the record, we did have a conversation in a meeting we were in this morning, and I did ask Ricky if he knew what a DVD was. Yes, yes, because right. I wasn't sure that he knew what a DVD was. Yeah, he asked me if I had a DVD player, and I was like, I mean, I have a PlayStation. Is that a PlayStation I can, Four? Yeah, which I can use. I can yeah. play DVDs on. Yeah, um, but when you're listening to that radio ad, and you were thinking about it, and you know, after you had stepped away and come back. What was it about the VB Rescue system that was attractive to you and made you feel like, I need to be a part of this? Just how everybody took me in. Because when I was at Plaza, I had family there. I had people that took me under their wing to help me uh, train and learn these different skills when I was going towards my state testing. We would hold um, the skills nights for just me with our training officer at the time just to go over them and refine them just to make sure that everything was great and I can actually advance to becoming an EMT. So they took me under their wing and I still have friends from Plaza to this day that still I, I consider family because of how much they've impacted my life. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're speaking right to Chief Hunley's realm, right, about it sounds like you had a mentor. Mm-hmm. And nobody understands mentor leadership like Chief Hunley, who just taught a class on it. Yeah. Um, but that's an important part of not just what we do at the department level with, you know, all of the, the paid supervisors and the paid medics, but at the volunteer rescue squad level, having those mentors in place that are willing to take people that have no idea what's going on and right. don't even know how to spell EMS, you know, when they first arrive into the system, yeah. and helping them, you know, get to a point where they can be a really polished provider. Yeah, uh, let's back up here. Who was your training officer? Let's um, give a shout out to that person. <laughs> She's no longer with the system. That's all right. Maybe we can convince her to come back. <laughs> she moved down to um, to North Carolina. I Her last name was Brady. I remember that. All right, I'm sure somebody from Plaza will call us and uh, <laughs> and school us in who that was. Um, but my mentor, luckily enough, was actually a family friend of mine um, who my dad had worked with because uh, my dad works as a Navy contractor, mm-hmm. and he actually worked with my dad. Uh, his name's Kyle Musicant. Oh, yeah. We know Kyle. We know well. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> so he was one of the major influences at Plaza for me. He yep. was the one that, like, kicked me in my butt to try to get me 
All right, so we're going to give a shout out to Kyle Musicant today, then. Yes. Uh, for for uh, Kyle for, is very deserving. Yeah, for keeping out. you in check and, uh, and and getting you to where you are. That's pretty awesome. But you're not wrong, right? And that's um, um, one of the things that I like about the system. And and I hear, um, you know, folks Mike like you that share these kinds of stories, and they're sharing very similar stories, no matter what station they're from, or what what generation they're from, or or um, you know, the time of the year that it is, um, you know, people um, in the rescue squads latch on to um, to trainees and interns that are that are in the in the process or in the pipeline. Um, and then when you're you know, you're cut loose or you're you're graduated as an EMT and 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 are pouring knowledge into them and trying to help make them better and 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 prepared for Whatever it is, it's going to be coming down the road when you're on that ambulance, right? Because you don't know what you're going to get when 911 is Correct. called, right? Um, I mean, I'm confident I could share some stories that people would be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and some of those stories involve adrenaline, you know? Um, and, and some of those involve just holding the little lady's hand in the back of the ambulance and riding to the hospital, not doing anything at all. Um, and so um, so it's pretty awesome um, that uh, that you had that kind of experience, and that, I, I'm I'm very appreciative of that. What were you hoping to get from being a part of BB Rescue? Because so many people come here for different things, whether it be um, the the skill set that you get, um, the free certification that you can get after you you know volunteer with BB Rescue after your release. They come for the camaraderie. They come for the friends. I mean, wh- what was it that you were hoping to get out of this? Well, when I did, when I listened to the ad, I never thought of anything more than seeing if this could be a stepping stone or something that I liked. Um, And it truly did show that I was meant to help people. And I didn't know that until I got on the ambulance and I took that AIC for the first time and I went and helped save lives. I, I didn't we don't always do that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but we help make their lives better or right. even their day better. Right. And just the stories that the, the patients tell me and getting the thank you at the end of the, the call, it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I like about going to every call. And then that's what keeps me going, really. Chief, how important was it for you when you were running to, to know that the the patient that you had dealt with that day, whether it was a, a severe trauma injury or if it was just a stomach ache that was really hurting them, regardless, you were still making an impact and you were helping them on a day that, in their mind, was one of the worst days of their lives. Because what you've seen, you know, some of the people may, don't always go through that, right? But that doesn't mean that it's not a big deal to them. And... I'm as, I'm assured that for all the providers, it's nice to know that they were uh, at least a, at, at minimum a small part in trying to make that a better day. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, I think back to when we had Tony Prony on, right, and he talked about that very thing about, you know, making a difference. You're making a difference, and it's about making a difference, um, uh, big or small. And um, uh, you know, that's, I mean, it is. People call 911, and, and uh, in their mind, whatever it is, is um, is important enough for them to call 911. Now, yeah, we have those folks out there that, that, uh, that call 911 for reasons that certainly don't, don't, don't um, 
result in any kind of 911 care or level of care being provided. But, um, but you know, 99.99% of the time, uh, folks are calling because they have a legitimate a legitimate need or a legitimate issue. And so you just have to be prepared, right, going in that, um, hey, I, I, I might be doing CPR on this patient or um, I might just be having a conversation to talk them off for the, uh, you know, whatever um, high they're on or, or whatever the anxiety that they've got going on is. And it may just be as simple as, let's yeah, we'll take a ride to the hospital, no worries, right? But the satisfaction of knowing, not that you got an adrenaline high from what you did, but you know what? Someone called and you were there to help, and Correct. and and you think you helped based on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had those calls at the end of the call. I was like, I'm not even sure, <laughs> right? What uh, I was no value added to that call, right? In fact, the patient is probably worse off because I had the I I you know was involved with them for the hour, um, uh, but more times than not, you know, you, you get satisfaction. And I like to think that that's really why we get folks into the system that, yeah, you know, I talk about this on first night of EMT class, whenever I'm able to, to open that up that, um, you know, if, if you, um, if Chicago fire and, uh, and station 19, and, you know, if you're old enough to remember, um, emergency and oh, by the way, as of this recording, we were reminded this morning that it's the 50th year of emergency, which is what got us on the whole DVD conversation, um, you know. But if if um, if those shows or those types of shows are what get your foot in the door, that's great. We'll take it. But we don't want you to be um, let down when all of the calls that you respond to on your shift are not Station 19, Chicago Fire, uh, whatever you know, Lone Star 911. Yeah. Um, Not everything is a is a crazy ice storm right, in the middle of you Texas know, where you've got yeah. you know you're you're rescuing people from like frozen lakes. Yeah, so clearly like Ricky's that. a huge fan of that, right? Because he can. He well, can... No, it's funny you say that because there is there is a um, a social media personality, um, and I do I think it's Fire Department Chronicles, <laughs> and um, he has referenced that show in particular several times yeah. to talk about how unrealistic <laughs> and just flat out wrong some of the stuff is and how it just it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, well, you can't watch the show for, you know, <laughs> for the, accuracy. the accuracy. You got to watch it for the entertainment. But if that's what gets your foot in the door here for VB Rescue, we'll take it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, but we're going to help you understand, hopefully, that this is about... Um, you being able to help someone in their time of need and that the satisfaction you get from what you're doing is not because, oh man, I got to drive the lights, you know, the ambulance lights and sirens and, and, uh, and man, we did CPR on this person and it was, it was great or it was, I mean, you know, cause those are, those are people that are impacted by those, right? What we want you to walk away from was, well, I was able to help somebody today and that made me feel good. Right. And Mike, that's what you're saying. Right. That's you. Yeah, that that's totally me. So and Chief, you mentioned the anxiety that, you know, that, that some patients may be dealing with. And I'm curious in, in you know, this this current climate that we're in, given that, you know, folks just got out of a, a year two year and a half lockdown. Um, there are reports of all sorts of mental health problems that are on the rise across mm-hmm. the board. 
um, from your perspective, Sheesh, you see all sorts of cases, and Mike, you're out in the field constantly. I mean, what kind of issues are, are you seeing, and, and how does that, how have our providers had to adjust in order to make sure that we're providing the proper resources necessary to handle so many different types of mental health situations? So most most of the time, it's, it's it, excuse me, especially after COVID started dropping, we had so many people very nervous to go to the hospital. They could be having a serious stroke or something major going on, and they are more worried about getting COVID at the hospital. And we would have to convince them that we would just bring you from the door get you registered and bring you to a room. You wouldn't be waiting in a waiting room with people with COVID or anything like that. And that's helped calm them down most of the time. Um, or we use what are accounts of what the ER looks like because all they see is what's on the news. So if they see the ERs are full and we've been to Princess Anne that earlier that day, then we can say, oh, well, it's not that full from when we went. Right. So I don't think that you would be waiting in a long line to get checked in mm-hmm. in the, the ambulance bay. And that's that seemed to calm down a lot of the people. Um, but we do definitely have a rise in mental health issues and not only from the patients, but from the providers because it's more of you're seeing all these people having breathing problems that they normally never have had difficulty breathing or any COPD or any major respiratory issues and they're scared and you can see it on their face. Mm -hmm. So it takes a toll on all of us, but we all, if I were to have a call with that and I see my partner um, looking distraught or my intern or my student looking distraught after the call. I sit them down and I and I go through the call with them to to narrow it down and make sure that everything is okay and how they perceive everything. Because we, we should all have our backs. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the patient's point of views, you just have to be there for them. Because sometimes all that the patient needs is just affirming that what they're thinking is right or just somebody to listen to on the way to the hospital to calm them down. They could be up in this really big high, screaming and yelling, but just that calm voice gets them back down to where you can actually talk to them and see what all is going on. And maybe they just don't need to go to the hospital. Maybe they just need to talk to their doctor or talk to their therapist if they have a therapist. Yeah, uh, you know, Mike actually brings up a couple of good points there. Um, You know, one about the patient and and how we um, are trained to handle um, patients that are suffering from some sort of mental health illness, right? And so for, um, uh, I don't know, I think going on two years now um, as the time is... Um, catching up with me, um, we've been doing crisis intervention team training with you know with with um, our folks 
um, both volunteer and career. Um, and there's uh, anywhere between a 24 and a 40 hour class, you know, that you can take um, that teaches you how to interact with and ultimately de-escalate, hopefully, um, a, a patient with a mental health issue, right? And um, and there's a you know a new law got signed into effect uh, called the Marcus Law, mm-hmm. where we you know the police are, are 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 responding less and less to mental health emergencies, and EMS is actually the ones picking up the load on that, in combination with some uh, human services folks, uh, at least here in the city, um, and so it makes that type of training uh, even more important, right? To be able to to handle it and de-escalate. Uh, and then we also have a program in place or, or, uh, where we can actually clear medically a mental health patient in the field so that they don't have to go, uh, and there's parameters around the whole thing, but so that they don't have to go to the hospital and sit in the hospital for three days with a police officer waiting to be cleared by a physician in order to get into a bed in a mental health facility. So we're working on that component. Um, but the other thing that you bring up that's an interesting uh, piece, for, and uh, honestly, it's it's one of my top priorities, um, uh, you know, right behind staffing and recruitment uh, and retention um, is, is, is provider mental health, right? So we do, a, we, do a, we do a decent job at this point in the, in, in, in the process of teaching you how to do, how to handle patient mental health. But, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a profession, and I say that word all-inclusive of volunteer and career, we absolutely suck at um, at at looking at our at our partners, right, and 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 assessing our partners from their mental health capacity, right. You have that bad call, and um, um, and and not getting into a mandatory debrief kind of phase, but getting just into a peer support type conversation or environment where you know you can truly look at someone and say, hey, let's talk about that call while it's raw, right? Uh, and and what, we, uh, what we experience together and, and how, um, um, or, or talking about it with someone else who is, you know, in your generation or on the ambulance with you or, or whatever that concept means from a peer support perspective. And so, um, uh, you know, we're just, we're not great at it. And, uh, and so uh, I've, I've made it a top priority um, um, with uh, some of the staff to um, work on getting up and running uh, and, and uh, a peer support program that supports training for providers and, and, and how to help each other, right, outside of the resources that we say we have through EAP and some of these other things. So um, both important um, important topics, especially where we are today in, um, in EMS. Yeah, and, and the CIT program, from, from my understanding, does just tremendous work with preparing our folks on how to handle those types of situations. But like Chief said, getting that peer support for the actual provider is equally as important because uh, it not only does it, uh, is it important to just their health, but it's a retention thing, right? Because if you get someone... Yep that's burnt out and they're just they're, they're having a really rough go of it as of late um, they they need to know that people have their back too and they need to know that people are going to listen to them too and 
I know uh, Chief Bianco has been working on that a lot. Uh, he, he's been talking about it all the time, and I'm really looking forward to getting that going because that's a good piece from from my perspective that we can show our members, hey, this, these resources are available. Please do not hesitate to use yep. them. Um, it, it going, you know, kind of staying on the retention point, Mike. What are what are some of the things that have made you stay so long with BB Rescue? What's keeping you here? Family. My when I first came back in 2019, I was just talking to the chief uh, before this about that. So I had something come up between early 2018 to 2019. I came back to tw in 2019, and I got released. I went to each provider during the shift and tried to like figure out getting a partner because everybody in the system wants to have a partner. So one day I just, I got my partner. I found her, her name's Izzy. We run all the time and running with her and my other partners just makes it better. But I, I know that we have to run with whoever. Yeah. Um, people switch and, and ride with all different sorts of people all the time. But, yeah, it, it, I can understand where it would be nice to have that person you're familiar with. Yeah, because you know that person. You know what they like to take, like pediatric calls or different types of calls, and then what they're comfortable taking versus what you're comfortable taking. Um, and then at the station level, just everybody – if you have a question, there's like five different people ready to answer for you. Mm -hmm. And if you ever need anything, they're always an email away and they'll message you back. And it it's great to just know that there's somebody there for you, but also at the station level and in the field. So really what he's saying is if you want a permanent partner, Go find them and tell them to go to vbms.com slash join. <laughs> yes. Join the program go and ahead, get trained. Get, get enrolled yeah. in the VLS Academy. Catherine Daves and our, our folks on the onboarding team will help you get started there. Once you get released, you can ride with cool people like Mike. Uh, you're not going to ride with people like Chief Hunley because um, I, I don't. I, I think you and I were talking about this one day, and you were like, I'll do a shift on a box. But you just like your your schedule is just a mess right now. <laughs> yeah, um, and I dare you to say box with the chief with the chief in here. That'll be funny for me to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll it's, take that under advisement. Okay, uh, it, you know, but it is it is. Um, you know, I hear people talk all the time about my partner, my partner, my partner, and and um, and you know, we. I mean, I, you know, of course, when I when I ran as a volunteer. Um, um, I truly did run with whomever, right? But I was also a weekday, daytime person predominantly, so there was only a small number of folks, at least at that time, that were you. So you knew you were going to be partnered with like one of eight people because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. just kind of how the flow went, right? Um, and we did staffing a little different back then than we than we do today. Um, but uh, you're you know you're spot on, right? When you've got a partner and and you uh, somebody that you I look forward to coming in with and and or or a couple of you know you've got a small group of of you that that you know the, you run with one of them and you're good um it does make a difference uh in in why folks want to come and stay and and we certainly want 
um, we want folks to have that experience as much as we can, especially given that we just got done talking about mental health. And it's certainly um, um, easier to swallow, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way I'm trying to say what I'm saying, but it's, um, it's, it's easier to deal with the calls that you have when you have someone as your partner that you're comfortable sharing you know your emotions and your feelings and whatever it is that you've got going on with you don't um, want to have to feel like you're you know walking on eggshells right and yeah and it having that that comf- comfortability and that relatability with your partner is important and i think one of the the benefits that i've seen from so many different people running with different folks is that you have kind of a wide range Right. of comfortability and relatability between providers now yeah. uh, because so many providers are running with different people. Yeah. Um, yep. And kind of staying on the retention point because that's such a huge focus for for myself, uh, Chief Bianco, Chief Hunley, Chief Brazel, trying to retain volunteers for the system. Mike, you're, you and I are in the same age group. He, when did you graduate high school? 2014. Okay, so two years younger than me. Um from your perspective, what are some of the things that retain people in our demographic? So it's more or less the social media part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, radio. <laughs> it doesn't exist. In it doesn't realm. exist. <laughs> um, but keeping people, it's more or less trying to keep, uh, trying to find the words. So, why do you stay? Why do you I, said family? Family, but but outside of family, what are the other things that make you want to keep coming back? Just helping people. Okay. It, it's more. Do you it, feel like that that's um, that that works across all different sorts of people in your group? Because I know I know a lot of the folks inside you know Rescue Five are in that in that age group. Um, and it's the same thing at several of the other squads where there's a significant chunk of younger folks in that group. Uh, do you feel like that that's common amongst amongst them? Yes. Yeah, so I actually have a, a group message with a bunch of five members. And we we talk about the stuff that we like. And when we have a really bad call or we have a call that really makes us happy, we, we share it between all of us just so that we can be there and actually listen it it, Hmm. helping yeah it's a lot a lot of different methods to try to keep like you said with mental health it always having an option to have somebody there is great but it's friends and i've i've noticed with the the people that i've run with even outside of my partners. It's the friends, the the station, and how well they they incorporate the their and basically their EMTs mm-hmm. into everything. So if say with meetings, it's trying to see what they can do better instead of saying, Oh well everything's perfect and listening to what we have to say is a big thing for our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like feel like you're a part of something. Yeah. You don't 
you don't want to feel like you're loosely attached. I think you want to feel like you have a, you have not just a stake in what's going on, but you have a say in what's going on. Basically. And not saying that you're going to be the one making decisions, but that your opinion is taken seriously and that you can have some influences to the general direction of the conversation. And the we are my generation is the future of EMS. So what we what we take from the beginning of EMS and how we are introduced into it. The stations, the administration for our area Mm -hmm. it goes a long way in seeing how we stay because we want if it's the ones that actually want to do better in their life in the medical field they will stay because they want to have those type of retention and their advancements because VBEMS does the paramedic program Mm -hmm. after a certain amount of time that you spend with the the city. Mm -hmm. So we hope to be doing the advanced EMT program here in fairly short order. Yes. Yes. Fingers crossed (laughs) on that one. Um, But it's stuff like that. When I joined, there was going to date myself on the the 2014 and you've part. already said you graduated in 2014 <laughs> there's not much more dating you can do um, here with me there was the uh, flight medic program mm. yep. and that always interested me yeah um, we'll blame that going away on the police department <laughs> it was their helicopter we just borrowed it I was about to say unfortunately it's gone but um, and this is why we have chief in the room yeah, yeah. it's alright my police friends will uh, yeah, never mind. I love y'all. <laughs> but I, I think what you're I think what you're saying is that it's it's so important to have those relationships um, and so, some of the things that Chief and I have talked about because Chief talks a lot in his leadership courses about the differences between demographics and how those those differences relate across across the average, right? Um, and I, I think you know, I may be guilty of this sometimes where my, my prevailing thought has always been that folks in my age group desperately want to find a, a way to an establish a career for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they want to find a way to develop a skill set. Mm-hmm. They want to get the, the education to build that skill set and they want the experience to build that skill set. Um, and I, I have a ton of friends that are in that position. Um, but maybe there is a significant chunk in, in my age group that that's not what's relevant. Maybe it is the fact that they want to serve and they want to feel like they're a part of something bigger and broader than just themselves. Well, and I think there's a combination there too, right? Of how, so how can we put both of those things together? That I want to serve and I want to, I want to better myself, but I also want to figure out a career field, Mike, and I want to get the education that you could have you obtained through our system, right? To say, okay, um, I found a path that I want to go on that involves medicine, and I got that start. I got that. Um, I got that idea, that inclination, because of this program that I'm in. That I've also met some cool people, um, and I've and I've made some lifetime friends, and and 
Um, or, yeah, you know, I, I, I went this route and I got some education here in this medical field world. And you know what? That wasn't for me. That's cool, right? I mean, we've got other ways that you can volunteer in the system as well. Um, but um, you're doing the exact same thing, right? You're, 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 you're coming in. Um, you're, you're, you're learning about giving because this is all about s- servanthood here, yeah. right? Um, but you're also, um, you know, that's another thing I stand up, right? We already said it. It's college-level course that you're taking. So um, even if you get here and you're like, okay, I took this course, um, and I'm 22 years old, and holy crap, I don't like this EMS thing, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back to college. Well, here, take this college class, take these credits to you, and you'll get a somebody will give you credit yeah. for for that yeah. what you did here, right? Um, I, I mean, so it's it's um it's good, and it's interesting to me, you know, as as I'm looking down here at some of our discussion points, you know, I had never really thought about. Because I'm not a big social media guy. I mean, I you know, I look, I've got a Facebook account, and um, the person that posts most on my Facebook account is my wife, <laughs> right? Uh, and so I, it's, you know, but that is for me is my photo album, right? So when I want to go check, when I want to stroll down memory lane, I'll pull up the Facebook thing and, and, and look look back at memories. And, and um, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I have a Twitter account. I like the things that we post because Ricky tells me to do that from a social media perspective. <laughs> um, I do the same thing on Instagram, but I'm, I'm not a big poster or sharer of information. And so, you know, Mike, the fact that you say that, you know, you've got a friend group that's got a, a chat group, if you will, that shares, you know, good calls and, and that you use that component to communicate um, in order to to help keep your mental health and, and keep you engaged and, and, and that's a support. Like I, I don't think we're thinking about those kinds of things, you know. And so, um, a Chief Bianco discussion. If you're listening, knock knock. Uh, you know, is that as we move forward in a peer support program, we need to be looking. You know, you Mike need to be a peer supporter, right? Because those are the kinds of things that we're like, holy man, ideas. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that. Nobody's thinking about those kinds of things, right? Um, yeah, having uh, having some sort of official channel, yeah, that uh, is or, safe or, and secure, or not. Just hey, a peer support component can be you and a couple friends in your in your chat box talking, <laughs> whatever it is, right? I don't know, but but it's the point of of. As long as you don't start saying Snapbook. Oh Snapbook, yeah. Or like Facegram. Uh, face, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, like, I mean, I, yeah, whatever. Noted. <laughs> Anyways, so what I what I want to know, though, is we got here that, um, that you know, you're doing some social media coordinate, uh, coordination at, at Courthouse uh, Rescue. Yes, sir. And what we're really, what I'm really interested in is, you know, how, what are we not doing that we need to be doing? And not just we here in the department, but there's 10 rescue squads and a, and a Marine rescue team, right? Um, that, that should have some social media presence, right? Um, what are we not doing that we should be doing? Or what are we doing that we can, we could be doing better? And, you know, you can just help stroke Ricky's ego here for a minute of what things are we doing good <laughs> that Ricky can say, yeah, I did that. Yeah, so we actually had a uh, social media class last week, 
uh, with Ricky. Um, you like that class? Yes, I love. I thought it. it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, so so that one wasn't so much the class that was trying to get like a folks, brainstorm. Yeah, that was more of a oh, okay. brainstorming yeah. session. But um, Izzy, Rick? your your partner, yes. Izzy Waldrop, was actually in the social media class. Yeah, she told and, me about that. Yeah, and I, I do feel like that that helped a little bit. At least I hope so. Yeah, she she said that she loved that class. Um, so our our Facebook and our in, our social media presence your insta twitter account yes yeah, that got it. okay um was not very active when we first when i first started do you mean the department one yes okay and actually all the stations ones to begin with there was at one point back in 2017 i believe plaza was one of the most active ones um but having those because uh, Ricky does the ride-alongs. Yep. Seeing the on-scene photos or the crew photos, it just shows that we have a face and what we do, especially the on-scene photos, it shows who all is involved with a call. Because when you call 911, you don't know anything. So seeing that from a, a department point of view is great. Um, but we, it's just more of the members' photos and the storylines. I mean, that's more of like the station type things because we're trying to do that with our station. Like we had to meet the family and it would tell like a little short sure. message on who they are and what they do for a living. Um, but just getting more members out there and telling their stories because I, I I personally like the testimonials about where people come from and how they got here. That's why I like this podcast because it tells a story, not a face. Because when you get on scene or you get on a shift, so if I have an intern, I ask the first thing I ask them is what do they do hmm. for a living? Are they in medicine? Are they doing this just for fun? Because it doesn't change anything to do with our shift. But it gives a little insight of where they're at in their life. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the, the things that Chief Hunley and I staked out when we started this podcast was there are so many different types of people within the VB Rescue System. And... Uh, the department needed to do a better job helping to market those th- those stories and not just recognize the folks that are here already and you know brag on our people a little bit because we should do that but to try and show that um, you too Mr. Joe Citizen have a similar story to this um, you can do this too like y- y- you have all the capabilities you know, I, I, everyone has their own obstacles in life, and, and life happens, as we always say. But um, chances are there is someone in the system that is pretty similar to whoever you are. They either are a full-time student, they are a business owner, they have kids, um, they're retired, they're whatever. There's all sorts of, of backgrounds that end up here, and trying to find a way 
to reach those people that aren't already affiliated with BB Rescue is difficult. It is. And one of the ways that I wanted to, to try and do that was so we could have a record on, you know, on record of these stories that we can, you know, we can point to and say that, you know, that person sounds a lot like this episode on episode seven of Feeling the Pulse when this person talked about the stuff that they went through and why it led them to BB Rescue. Yeah, so if you don't have a Facebook account because you think it's for your parents' generation, um, I mean, it is, but... Um, well, so Facebook is our most popular platform yes, by far. Right. Um, not because, and, and not because we demographically have a bunch of old people that use Facebook. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, uh, demographically, we have um, two-thirds of our demographic in the department is, is a millennial or a Gen Zer from a generational perspective, right? And Facebook, with that kind of demographic, is still the most popular platform. Yep. So, um, you know, and, and you know, I asked Mike off air how he got to be on the podcast today. And, you know, Mike, you'd indicated that you um, responded to a Facebook message that we put out there about send us a form and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and, I mean, here you are, right? So... Um, so understanding the social media component is hugely important. And if you don't understand it, um, I mean, you don't got to be an expert in it, but you got to understand it in today's, in today's world, or you're just going to be behind. Yeah. I mean, when you get home chief, you know, and you pull up your phone, what's the first thing you do? You're probably going on social media. I know that's what I'm yeah, doing. Mike, yeah. is that what you're doing? Yeah. Right? You know, you're you're waiting for your lunch at Panera or whatever. Does playing video games include going on social media? No. no. Oh. But the at point, some point I get on social media. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that is universal. I mean it, but, it, it's even reaching older it, demographics. Well, it's not just people my age and Mike's age. But you know what happens when I'm playing video games is in the middle of... What are you playing? Yeah, what are you First playing? Oh, I don't know. I've got like... Because if uh, you're playing like MLB The Show or Madden, then you need to get on the sticks because I'm, I'm trying to... N- no. I'm trying to battle. I, I'm not that skilled. Um, <laughs> I'm playing like... Um, Minecraft? Well, a funny story about <laughs> Minecraft. I'll come back to that here in just a second if we've got time. Um, but I'm playing like um, um, Candy Crush type games because, oh. you know, I'm... Oh. But I've started doing one of these. Uh, <laughs> Mike and I had the same I st- reaction. <laughs> I started. I started doing one of these match because look, man, I'm I'm almost fifty. I got to keep my brain sharp, right? And yes. I don't do that playing MLB. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but you know, there's all kinds of commercials that pop up or or ads. I said commercials because you know, ad, but there's all kinds of ads, social media ads that pop up about all these different things to do. And so, um, you know, just to the point, it definitely shows how important the social media component is. Yeah. It, you, know? it, you are you are touching everyone. Yeah. And the point I was trying to get at was that when I get home, I don't check my email. My my 16-year-old daughter, um, we were just having this conversation last night um, because I was talking about some scam that alert that popped up on um, on my banking app, which, you oh, know, yes. she has, right? Yeah. And And... And so I said to her, I was like, hey, listen, I just want to make sure, right, that you understand in your email that you don't go, that the bank doesn't do business through email. And she was like, Dad, I, <laughs> I don't check my email. Like, 
Well, all right. She's going to have to soon if she's going to college. Well, <laughs> she's going to have to worry about that. Yeah. As but, soon as you get to be 17, all you do is live through your email. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we know even through the pandemic, right, we had a lot of people as we were trying to communicate information amongst our members that were like, oh, you sent that out via email? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't check that. Right. Yeah. So. But what do you check? You check your texts. Check right? texts. Your Facebook uh, messages. Facebook. Your Snapchat, Instagram messages, checking DMs. Yeah, your face, your face, Graham. Yeah, Instabox. Yeah, or your <laughs> Instabox. YouTuber. <laughs> well, YouTube is is a you got that one right. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. um, but no, I mean it, it is really important to leverage social media, and I think we're not on Tinder though. No. Yeah, just, just I, for the record. I mean, I hey, swipe not. right to, yeah. to join the yeah. Rescue. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I shouldn't have went there, but I did. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. And, uh, if we were going to do that, we would have to go on something better than Tinder. Uh, we're, we're too high class for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So the, the, the last thing I want to hit on before we start to wrap this up, Mike, um, your experience in the medical field is pretty extensive at this point right like you're in for for a young person i mean you've worked as an ed tech at beach general you've worked as a dispatcher with our friends at eccs you've worked or you currently work as a tech uh, at a pulmonary office how have you been an emt on an ambulance yeah how have all those things helped you become a better emt but vice versa how has being an emt helped you in those other fields so I joined Centera as an ED tech in between me running, like that tiny little break between 2017 and 2019. I joined in October 2017. Yeah. So I built up all my skills from working at Beach General and it helped me become a better better provider when I got back on the ambulance because I knew what to look for. I knew what the hospitals were going to want in their reports because there were times when I was actually taking the reports at the hospital on the radio. So I knew what they were wanting and I knew the different, I've seen so many things in the hospital that it helped me better to not really diagnose because we don't diagnose in the field. But we have that clinical impression of what it could be. And having that knowledge of seeing this disease or seeing this uh, femur fracture before, you can make that educated guess that that's what it is and you can slowly base what you do on the ambulance off of that. And it's helped me even now in the pulmonary office because before I worked in the pulmonary office lungs really didn't I wasn't really worried about lungs as long as their oxygen saturation was above 94 and they weren't wheezing I was fine Um, but now it's I'm seeing more and I'm assessing more of the COPD, uh, COPD patients in the field. I'm assessing asthma patients. I'm assessing more of those patients to better understand right. what all is going on and whether or not ALS is really needed. Because with that experience, you can make that decision of this might just be a BLS patient. It just mm-hmm. might be a little bit more 
advanced, not really sure. like advanced EMT, but like it's BLS, but you might just have to add some more things into it that a normal BLS provider wouldn't right. normally do. Right. Yeah, it's something that you wouldn't see on a normal BLS call. Correct. I got you. Yeah. Well, before we let anyone go from from feeling the pulse, um, you're you are bound by law in 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 the department code to give us your elevator speech. So uh, if if I was an impressionable young man and you were trying to recruit me to join VB Rescue, how would you try and recruit me to join? Do a ride along. Which it's, our observer program is back on. That's so exactly that's what I was about to <laughs> reference. Our our ride along program is great. I did two ride alongs when I first joined. I did one back in 2014 and one in 2017. And it showed everything. And it answered a lot of questions. And you get to see the kind of calls that we deal with so you don't have to commit anything. Do a ride along. See if you like it. If you like it, go through the academy. You'll meet a lot of different people. You'll learn a lot of stuff. And then just ask questions when you when you do join the academy ask questions it helps even if you're not going into medicine it is the best thing to do because you're volunteering you're getting volunteer hours which a lot of people don't realize that if they want to go into PA school or nurse practitioner school that helps them show higher up on their application status that they actually volunteer Mm -hmm. for a living Mm -hmm. instead of, oh, well, I just volunteered for like a year. They volunteer for a certain amount of time, but it shows up on their application that they really like medicine. And just try it out. That's all that I can ask is try it out. It's not for everybody, but the people that really like it we stay. And like you said, Chief, earlier, if you if you come here and you realize it's not for you, that's okay. Right. There are other ways that you can still serve and help support this 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 unique volunteer rescue system that um, is just s- such a such a value to Virginia Beach. Um, you can still support that even if you're not running on the truck. Yep, that's absolutely right. So, Mike, listen, I just want to say thanks um, for you taking the time today to come out and talk to us. Thank you guys um, for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, um, and uh, and um, I look forward to uh, seeing your contributions in the social media world with Ricky. <laughs> yeah, that's that's obviously my 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 shop, and and Mike, I, I know you've been on there for a little bit, and you're doing a good job already. I know Thank you're you. going to continue to get better, and um, the folks that you're working with over there will certainly certainly chip in and help you out. So, thanks again, man, for coming on, and uh, we'll see you around. All right, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to Filling the Pulse with Mike Ream, volunteer EMT with BB Rescue. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow or subscribe to the Filling the Pulse podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, if you're interested in learning more about BB Rescue, visit vbems.com slash join. Again, that's vbems.com slash join. Thank you for listening.